0: I do not believe you could ever hear a better vocalist than you just heard. I mean, I don't know how you could top it. I just don't know. Brother, that's incredible. Praise God. Don't even bother. Don't even bother. Amen. That's incredible. Praise God. If you have your Bible this morning, the book of the Revelation of Jesus Christ, chapter 2. Thank God for Brother Jim Moss. Thank the Lord for the message this morning. It's great to see Brother Jim and Miss Rita. I I said to him uh, earlier that we don't ever cross paths. Hardly ever do we see each other because that's the nature of the beast in the traveling ministry. But I hear his name constantly in the places I go and always spoken of in the highest of ways and held in the highest of regard by the preachers that I go around and associate with. And I thank the Lord for his ministry and his preaching of the word of God to me this morning revelation chapter 2 brother Charles thank you for allowing me to be here it's incredible to me to think that it's been 11 years that the conference has been going on life goes by so quickly it took 12 years for me to get out of high school and I thought that took three millennium it seemed like to me those 12 years never passed and now 11 years have gone by like a song in the night it's incredible thank God for the honor of being a part of this conference I mean that with all my heart. If you have your Bible open to Revelation chapter 2, I want you to notice verse 10. And then I'm going to read the the, the letter. It's a part of one of these seven letters, you know, to the seven churches that Jesus addressed by name in Revelation chapters 2 and 3. Notice this statement in verse 10. Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison that you may be tried and ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death and I will give thee a crown of life. Now that's my verse for the year. In fact, that's my verse for my life. This has become my life verse and I want to start my portion of ministry in 2018 by speaking on it this morning to you. Faithful is the word. It's the key word of this verse, obviously. Be thou faithful unto death. Literally translated, the word says this, the verse that I'm preaching on says this, you, singular, it's a singular you, so it's individual Christians being spoken to. You, singular, be faithful to the point of death and I will give you the crown of life. Now the adjective faithful literally means to be trustworthy or reliable. It means to be someone who can be counted on. To to put it in language we can perhaps understand in the context of the church, you don't have to wonder where I'm going to be on Sunday. I'm going to be in my place doing what God called me to do. Be thou faithful unto death. The bottom line of the passage before us is that the Lord Jesus wants his people to be dependable. He wants us to consistently live day by day in surrender to his spirit in obedience to his will and word. Now, I don't hear a lot in modern religion about faithfulness anymore. Do you hear much about it? I don't hear the word spoken of very often. So many church folks in our day are basically thrill seekers. They're looking for something spectacular, something emotionally jazzy, which is why so many of us ride a roller coaster religion of up and down and in and out and on and off. No one knows from one month to the next if we're going to be on fire for God or cooled off and on the sidelines somewhere. We let our feelings dictate our faithfulness. And if the feeling of religious thrill is not there, if the entertainment value somehow has been lost to me, then I get distracted and I drift away from the Lord. That's the modern religious mentality. The simple truth is today the key to experiencing the thrill of the Christian life, and there are many thrills to walking with the Lord, but the key to experiencing the thrills and the spiritual highs of the Christian life is a surrender to be faithful through thick and thin, just plain vanilla, old-fashioned, day-in, day-out faithfulness without which no Christian can be right with God or can enjoy the fullness of the Holy Ghost. I grew up hearing men of God say this from the pulpit. It's not how high you jump on Sunday. It's how straight you walk when you come back down on Monday. Now, I want to make a distinction. If you're not born again this morning, if you're in this service today and you have never given your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ, faithfulness is not your need. It's not how often you come to church it's going to help you. Faith is what you need. You need to put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. You need to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ so that you can be saved. But if you are saved, if you have put your faith in Jesus, then the need of your life is faithfulness. And really, faithfulness is just faith in shoe leather. It's living out what I say I believe about the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I want to say two things out of this verse today, and it's a rather simple message to start off my portion of the conference. First of all, being faithful is something that every Christian can do. Now, there are some things that only certain saved people can do. Not everybody's called to do the same thing in the body of Christ. There are specific spiritual gifts and abilities that are given to some believers and not to others. The Bible says in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12 that the church is like a body, and it's made up of all the various body parts, just like my physical body. is made up of various parts and various organs that each have an assigned role. That's how the church of Christ operates. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 12 that the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. To one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. To another, the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all of these worketh that one in the self same Spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ." I read all of that paragraph because I didn't want to act like a Baptist and cut out before the gift of tongues and the interpretation of it. I wanted to read the whole thing. All believers do not have the same spiritual gifts. Some are given one thing to do for the cause of Christ. Others are given another thing to do. I would give anything. If I had the gift this brother had, that's what I'd want to be doing this morning, singing the gospel to the glory of God. But that's not what I've been called to do. That's not the gift that God's given me. And so you have gifts I don't have. I have gifts you don't have. No Christian can do everything, but every Christian can do something. And one thing all of us can do, we're not all called to be up front in public ministry, but one thing all of us are called to do is to be faithful to Christ day in, day out, surrendered and yielded to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Some are called to be in a public place to serve. Others are called to be behind the scenes, ministering in ways that are seldom seen or noticed or appreciated or applauded. But the same call to faithfulness goes out to all. Now, there are folk who seem to have the idea, since I'm not a preacher or a Sunday school teacher or a minister of music, since I'm not up front somewhere, it doesn't matter whether I'm faithful or not. So they just breeze in and breeze out as the mood takes them. But the fact is your gift and calling in the body of Christ may not be as attention-getting as someone else's, but you are as responsible before the Lord Jesus to be faithful with what he's called you to do as I am responsible to be faithful with the call to preach. A chain is only as strong as its weakest link is the old cliche, which is why Christ addressed his church in Smyrna in the singular tense. Each individual one of you be faithful. I saw this marquee on a church sign years ago in my travels. What kind of church would my church be if every member was just like me? I wonder what kind of church your church would be if everyone in this place was as sold out to Christ as you are, as consistent and faithful to Jesus as you are. I think it'd be a good thing to begin this year saying, Lord, I want to surrender myself regardless of what my position in the church is or my gifts and calling may be. I want to surrender myself to be consistently consistently someone you can count on, to be in my place doing what I'm supposed to be doing for the glory of God. Being faithful is something that every Christian can do. Each one of us are saved to be witnesses unto Christ. Whether we like it or not, we are bearing witness. The only difference is the kind of witness we give the world. We witness with our lips, but we, more than that, witness with our lives. And so I don't want my life to be something that the devil can point to to say to unsaved men, you see, you see, there's nothing to that gospel of Christ. There's nothing to that Jesus. He's not even personally living in obedience to God. Brother Billy Bridges, great preacher, friend of mine, hero in the Lord, had a church member who said to him one day, Brother Billy, I can worship God out fishing on the lake on a beautiful Sunday morning just as well as I can in the church house. And Brother Billy said, I think with great wisdom, certainly you can. But the problem is everybody who sees you thinks you're fishing. They don't know you're worshiping. So there's a matter of testimony. There's a matter of bearing witness. There's one thing every saved person can have, and that is the attribute of faithfulness. We can't all sing or preach or teach or do all of these other things, but we can all be fully surrendered to Christ. We can walk with God in personal surrender. We can can take our place and do our part in a way that we can be counted on week by week, year by year. And that's my commitment to the Lord. I tell you, I've lived through some things. I've preached long enough and I've been in this traveling ministry long enough to have seen some high times and some low times. I've seen churches seemingly explode in revival and I've seen them the next year be washed out. I mean bottomed out. I've seen the highs and the lows and this is what I want to say to the Lord. Whether it's a thrill to preach or whether it's a chore to preach, I want to be faithful right on to the day of death. If it's a high time and we're living in the flood tide of revival or if it's a low time and no one seems to receive what I have to say, I want my surrender to be Lord. I'm just going to walk with you. I'm just going to please you. I'm just going to surrender to you. This has become my life verse. Be thou faithful unto death. Now there's a second thing I want to say out of this passage. That was more of an introduction. Being faithful unto death is something that every Christian can do. All of us can do that. And then secondly, being faithful unto death is something that every Christian must do. And I want to address that out of the verse itself. Let's look at the the language of the verse for a moment. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. Three things out of the language of that statement that I want to make mention. First of all, this comes as a command. Be thou faithful is a present tense imperative verb. In other words, this is a command that is to be constantly obeyed. That's what that phrase means. Present tense imperative in the Greek language means it is a command and it is a command that is not obeyed, obeyed once back yonder somewhere and then you can forget it. It is a day-by-day day surrender to obedience. And it's not a suggestion on how to have a happy life. This is a requirement on how to be right with God. Faithfulness is not optional for the Christian. It is obligation. Jesus commands this of his people. Be thou faithful, he said, and it comes as a command. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, the Bible says, you are not your own, you were bought with a price. And I'll tell you, friend, we heard it this morning, but the gym said it so well, we don't have any rights. Our right to rule our own lives, our rights were terminated at the cross. When we gave our hearts to Jesus and received Him as our personal God and Lord, our rights terminated there. So that now the word for the believer is, You are not your own. You've been bought with a price. His blood was given for me, and I now am bought and paid for. And my friend, the transaction is real and it is binding, even though I may be at times too goofy to know it. Which is why the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 58. Be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. That ought to be the watchword of every believer. I want to be steadfast. I want to be unmovable. I want to be always abounding in the work of the Lord. Our God commands and commends faithful obedience in his blood-bought people. Numbers 12, 27 That man of God, Moses, that Brother Jim mentioned earlier, this is what God said of him. My servant Moses is faithful in all mine house. Wouldn't that be something for God to be able to say over you today? My servant, Malcolm, is faithful in all my house. That's a commendation all of us ought to long to hear from the lips of our Redeemer. Matthew 25, Jesus spoke of that day coming ahead for the saints of God when we're going to stand before our master and give an account for what we did with what he entrusted to us, he said to those two servants who were obedient and surrendered, he said, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. What does it take, my friend, today to be a good servant in the eyes of the Lord? Jesus said a good servant is a faithful servant. Now, friend, you don't have to be a ten-talent person today to be a good servant in the eyes of the Lord. You don't have to be a ten-talent man to please God with your life. You can be a one-talent man and please the Lord provided you're faithful to use that thing that God gave you. Well done, good and faithful servant. Third John verse 5, John commended this brother in the Lord. He said, Beloved, thou doest faithfully whatsoever thou doest to the brethren and to strangers. Thou doest faithfully. Whatsoever thou doest. First Corinthians four two, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. The one thing required of me as a saved person today is simple, day by day, step by step faithfulness, driven By love for my Lord, driven with a heart of gratitude for the great sacrifice, the great blood sacrifice made for my salvation, driven by that, motivated by that, I surrender myself to walk with him in humble obedience day in and day out through the good times and the bad times when it's shouting ground and when it's weeping through the dark hours of the night, just keeping on, keeping on for the glory of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 The Bible says we know that one died for all and since we know that one died for all we conclude that all of us were dead and now now that we have known that and come to know the one who died for us and we've experienced his resurrection life, now we live by this motto, we do not live unto ourselves but unto him who loved us and died for us on the cross. Motivated by the love of Christ, the love of Christ constraineth me, Paul said, for I understand this, that I was dead and Christ died for me and now I want every moment of my life, every breath in my lungs, every beat of my heart, I want all of it to be lived not for me but for him. Be thou faithful unto death. Nothing grieves the heart of God more, nothing brings more reproach on the gospel than for one of those who say they're redeemed and saved by his precious blood to go AWOL and backslide into an unfaithful life. I don't want to be a blot on the gospel. Be thou faithful unto death. Proverbs 25, 19 says, Confidence in an unfaithful man in a time of trouble is like a broken tooth and a foot out of joint. I've had both of those things. I've had a broken tooth. I broke a tooth. Had to wind up having surgery and have the rest of it removed and went through all of that but for a couple of weeks before I could get into the oral surgeon I had to live with that broken tooth you ever had a broken tooth I've had a disjointed ankle before I've twisted my ankle and gotten to the point I could barely walk if you had those you know what those two things have in common confidence in an unfaithful man the Bible says in a day of trouble it's like a broken tooth and a foot out of joint both of those things have in common this they don't put you in the hospital but they're aggravating inconveniences you can keep on living with a broken tooth or a disjointed ankle I've done that I've kept on living gotten up each day done what I had to do but all through the day every time I would speak or eat my tongue or my lip would drag on that broken tooth and it was just an aggravating reminder all is not well in the body same thing with that disjointed ankle I'll tell you I don't want to be that in the body of Christ I don't want to be like a broken tooth and a disjointed ankle that every time Woodland Hills Baptist Church tries to move ahead and bring glory to Jesus, there's that broken tooth that has to be contended with. There's that disjointed ankle slowing things up and bringing reproach on the gospel of Christ. Being faithful comes as a command. Being faithful transcends all circumstances. Notice the text again. Jesus said, be thou faithful unto death. Now, brother, that sort of puts an end to all excuse making doesn't it well I got this going on preacher this has happened the fact is nothing justifies backsliding and unfaithfulness to the Lord be thou faithful unto death means as long as you are alive you're expected to be faithful now when you're dead we'll excuse you you can cash out then. You can check on, move on from this land to another land. We're not expecting you to teach that class next week if you died. We're not expecting you to be in your place singing and praising if you're dead. Then we don't expect that. But if you're living, be thou faithful unto death. Will we try every kind of thing? I'm too young, some say. I'm too young. Man, I've got life to live. It's not One of these days I'll get older and all the fun will be gone and then I'll get serious about Jesus. I'm too young right now to get all that serious surrender to Christ. Or I'm too old. I'm, I'm tired and I'm worn out. Now, I'm too busy. I got so many irons in the fire. Or I got my feelings hurt. Someone didn't treat me like they ought to. I'll tell you, if I quit on God every time somebody hurt my feelings, brother, I'd stay quit more than I'd stay going. Someone disappointed me. I can't tell you how many times I've been disappointed even in men of God that I knew and loved who fell morally disappointed. I've been disappointed. I don't feel as if I'm appreciated enough. We trot all of those things out as justification for our unfaithfulness. But I'll tell you what Jesus said, as long as you're alive, keep being faithful. Be faithful unto death. Loving Jesus enough to surrender to him means that my faithfulness is going to march right on through any circumstance and going to roll on over every excuse that the world and the flesh and the devil try to use to distract me from Christ. Unto death means as long as I'm topside of planet earth, I want to be found loving God, serving God, obeying God, surrendering to him, seeking the face of the Lord. Revelation 12, 11 is one of my great favorite verses as well. It says they overcame him, him being the devil. They overcame the devil by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony and they love not their lives unto the death. That's the third ingredient. Everybody sings about the blood of the lamb and the word of the testimony but the rest of the verse says and they don't care if, they're, if they die for it, they're going to keep on living for God. They love not their lives unto the death. Well, lastly this. The verse of Scripture we're looking at teaches us that faithfulness comes as a command. It is an imperative verb in the present tense. Keep on day by day being faithful. Be thou faithful. It not only comes as a command, it transcends all circumstances. Be thou faithful unto death. I read the whole verse when we began a moment ago. The the letter itself reflects this. Verse 9, Jesus said, I know thy works and tribulation and poverty but thou art rich, and I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. He did not say you will not suffer. He said don't fear the suffering that's going to come. And he even got specific. The devil shall cast some of you into prison that you may be tried. And you shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful wouldn't you think if anybody could have had a reason to check out on faithfulness in the church at Smyrna, knowing what they were going to, tribulation, poverty, imprisonment, unjust imprisonment, but in the face of all of it, Jesus said, just keep on keeping on. Be thou faithful unto death. And then lastly, the verse teaches us that faithfulness has eternal consequences. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee the crown of life. A special crown awaits those who are faithful through thick and thin. And I don't mind telling you. It is my commitment to receive this crown one day. You say, preacher, you ought not think about crowns. You ought just think about Jesus. Well, I do just think about Jesus, but I can't think about Jesus without thinking about crowns because Jesus is the one who keeps bringing it up. Jesus said, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10, if you so much as give a cup of cold water to a disciple because they belong to me, I'm telling you, you will not lose your reward. It's Jesus who keeps bringing up rewards. He's the one who keeps reminding me to look away from this temporal world and all the frustrations of it and focus on the fact that it's going to be worth it all when I see Jesus one day. It's going to be worth it all. Otherwise, it makes no sense at all for Christ to say, When you're cursed, when you're maligned, when you're reproached for the gospel, rejoice and be glad. Why? Because he said, great is your reward in heaven. What he taught me to do, what he teaches us to do, is look beyond Look beyond the momentary. Look beyond what's happening right now. Look beyond whether I'm being applauded at the moment or whether I'm being cursed at the moment. Both of those things can happen to the people of God. Look away from it and remind yourself one day I'll see him face to face. And on that day when I see him, nothing is going to be more meaningful than for him to be able to say to me, you are a good and a faithful servant. I gave you just a few things. And you were faithful in those few things. Now I'm giving you a crown, the opportunity to rule and reign with me. I want to be able to experience to the full the joy of the Lord. He said, Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. I want to be able to enter fully into the joy of my Lord. And according to the Bible, what that means is I've been a good and a faithful servant, faithful over the little things that I've been entrusted with so that the day comes, he says, you'll be ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. I can and so can you. That's one thing we can all do. I can't sing like a nightingale. I can't preach to millions of people like some are called to do I have my little calling I have my little my little assignment in the body of Christ and the devil is always faithful to remind me how insignificant it is any of you feel that way from time to time the devil's always there to tell you you don't make any difference you're just a nobody a pipsqueak a nothing nobody would notice if you vanished off the earth tomorrow That's the kind of lies the devil tells God's people all the time. He wants you to feel so insignificant and unimportant. But I'll tell you something. You take your little bit, (laughs) like those sardines and and, and hush puppies you mentioned a moment ago, you take your little bit of nothing and you put it in the hands of Jesus. When the day comes that you stand before him face to face and you see the king of glory with his hands placing a a crown on your head, a crown of life, we heard this morning quoted we heard quoted this morning the Apostle Paul's commitment he said I fought a good fight I finished my course I've kept the faith henceforth there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord the righteous judge shall give me at that day and not to me only but to all of the rest of you who love his appearing every last one of us today can fully expect the king of kings to give us a crown if we obey this verse of Scripture. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee the crown of life. Now, whatever that crown's going to be physically, whether it's a physical piece of jewelry or whether the idea of a crown is symbolic, metaphorical, makes no difference whatsoever. The real issue is when the Lord Jesus looks at you and says, well done, well done. You see folks, i'm only going to see him face to face for the first time once now i'll be in his presence for eternity i'll praise him thank him but that first moment when i see him that moment will never come back to me again and if i blow that then there's no redo so that first moment when i see it i want him to say to me well done I don't want to hear him say, you wicked and slothful servant. Now, I'll still go to heaven. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 talks about folks who build with wood, hay, and straw, and their whole life goes up in smoke. They're saved still. They go to heaven, yet so as by fire. And there are some goofballs out there who say, I don't care if I get any rewards or not, just as long as I end up in heaven. When you see him face to face, you're going to realize the only thing that mattered was living in such a way that he could say, well done. This is how I want to start 2018. I want to start with a fresh surrender. Lord Jesus, come hell or high water, I want to be faithful to you as long as I'm breathing your air and living on top side of your earth. I want to be faithful unto death. Stand with me this morning as we pray. Father, help me today again in my own heart, Lord, to settle this question, this issue. And I know it can't be settled once and forever. That's why your verse is in the present tense. It's something that has to be renewed literally every day and sometimes multiple times in a day. But I just want today again, this first Sunday of 2018, to say, Lord, I want to be found faithful when the moment comes. I don't know how much longer I have to live on this earth. My life could end before next year's Bible conference rolls around. But however long I have, Lord Jesus, I want you to be the center of it all, the focus of it all, the be-all and the end-all of my existence. Move on us this morning, Father. There are others in this room who need to make that surrender today. And I pray, God, you'd help us do it in Jesus' name.